to any younger trans person out there, I would say just hold tight. You know who you are. It really does get better. The real world, I promise, when you click off that phone, that tablet, and you enter the real world, I'm not talking about schools, I'm talking about real people, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. Order! Order! With order! Hello and welcome to Not To Get Political, the podcast where we delve into the world of politics and hope to remain unscathed. Today I'm joined by Fizz Sinclair, drag artist and actress from London. Fizz, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I just do want to issue an apology to our viewers because I said on our episode with Pete Rugman that today was the wettest day that we've recorded and I lied. Like today is definitely like the windiest, wettiest day. How, how have you coped with that? The wettest day. Yeah, I would say today feels like when I see the rain going vertical. Yeah. That's when I'm I often like, have that effect on the days. <laughs> they do become quite wet when I'm involved. <laughs> yeah. So um, you just brought that on yourself. Yeah, no, I have. <laughs> um, so let's start um, kind of from the beginning. How did you get to where you are today? With like my career. Career. Yeah, we'll start with career. career. God, so um, when I was 18, I decided I wanted to pursue performance and acting like professionally. I'm originally a northerner, so I grew up in Cheshire and then I secured a place at the London College of Music. Nice. Uh, I went to drama school for three years. I did musical theatre and then I graduated. I got an agent and the rest is history. (laughs) So what have you uh, what have you been in? What's your what your what's your highlight reel looking like? I would say predominantly it was musical theatre. Okay. So I'd done like lots of sort of like fringy musicals. And then I fell into the world of sketch comedy. Right. Where I really began to like cut my teeth in comedy and really like find out like more about myself as a performer. Um, So I was in the sketch comedy scene for a few years. I was writing political satire. Okay. And then... Yeah, I went to the Ed Fringe. It was with a show called News Review. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, the pandemic hit. Yeah. I was left <laughs> jobless. And then from there, I discovered drag and entered into the world of drag. And I've been doing drag and performance and acting and everything all kind of combined. And so how were you le- uh, sort of developing that medium? Was it on TikTok or was it just on sort of social media? How were you doing it? Yeah, so I mean, I mean, TikTok was when like, uh, sorry, the pandemics when TikTok really yeah. started to like. You either got COVID or you got TikTok. Right. I got or both. got trans, right? Which is okay. what happened to me. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. I came out of the pandemic with a cough and a pair of boobs. Like, that was one You know, the semantic vax are like writing this down. It's <laughs> like, fucking soldier, okay. fucking soldier. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. So then um, basically, before the pandemic, I was doing sketch comedy live. And then I was sat at home, like twiddling my thumbs. And I was like, where can I put these sketches? And then I came across TikTok and I started to just put them then online. Uh, at the time, like my TikTok started to get numbers. I started to, I had a few videos that went viral. What and kind of videos I, were those? Uh, I d- they were just like sketch comedy, like okay. funny, but they, they don't exist on my account anymore. Right. Um, because then I came out as trans and like looking back on the videos, I was like, Wait, so how how come how come was it just it was like uh, it, it's really strange like seeing I was seeing myself in the middle of the pandemic and like I could just see 
that I was like trying to come to terms with something and I could just see that I wasn't happy and I think I was like reaching for validation through likes and numbers on TikTok and I was getting them because there was I was getting millions of views on some of my videos um yeah and so it's very strange now to be very happy and centered and feel good in where I am because I can imagine being trans especially in the current political climate as you've said it's only really been like three years that you've that you've been trans that must be a an one an awful time really to sort of come to terms with who you are and sort of deal with that what's that been like if you don't mind me asking oh my god no ask away I'm an open book yeah it's been um I think in terms of like for me there's two sides to this politically it feels like every day the government are using trans people as a scapegoat and this thing to sort of like call attention to as though it's this huge issue when like as we know it's like what like 0.1 percent of the population Zero, yeah 0.5 percent of the population which sound which is like 262,000 people so which yeah. is like not that many people but that aside like the government aside in my day-to-day life in my working life in my professional life I've I've never felt better I'll we were saying this before this interview started but like I'll walk around the streets of London and no one cares nobody cares and if anyone does know me or acknowledge me or you know I'm speaking to anyone they're lovely and pleasant and nice and like it's like the government I think it was um Eddie Izzard she was saying about how the, the government's trying to invoke this like culture war, but there truly isn't one. People don't care. And uh, uh, those that do, it's a very small amount of people that are hyping up this non-issue and they just happen to have very loud voices. But uh, everyone else, it's fine. Because I've seen like, YouGov polling that basically suggests most people just like, okay, all right. okay I I don't really give a monkeys to be honest yeah but then I then look on social media which obviously isn't the best way of indicating how things really are but then I see Mm. on like a when Rishi Sunak did his man is a man woman is a woman speech yeah and I flick through the comments and I'm seeing people that I know and I'm there like "Ah, okay all right we're not we're not gonna be friends anymore I'm not really like that but it's just like yeah I don't know I guess as a, a sort of as a trans person seeing that you must think like what the fuck's going on I, yes and no, like, because I've come from a world of sketch comedy, Okay. if I'm seeing anyone that's making what they think is a very original, very hilarious joke, I've probably already made four of them in my own head and I've made an even funnier one. So like, if I go on live on TikTok or something, constantly, I'll get someone be like, um, you're right fella, you're right bloke, you're right lad. And I'm like, do you think? Like, yeah. how thin do you think my skin is? Like, I guess I, being a drag queen, you have to be like... Right? To, and especially yeah. performing arts as well, because it's a dog eats dog world. Yeah, yeah, I remember 100%. doing it. That's why I don't do it anymore. That's why I do this. Yeah. It's just easier. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely... But yeah, no, like, I'm just... It, it's the fact that people think you've got to be really, really bothered by it, but um, no, stuff like that, I'm not bothered by. because And the fact of the matter is... I'm, I never get comments like this in public. And if I do, it's like one in a thousand. And so I'm like this online persona that someone's going to take on where they're thinking they're going to ruin my day because uh. they've called me a bloke. I'm like, 
hun, I've just made that joke with my boyfriend this morning. <laughs> like, I guess, yeah, that is the thing, like, with the way that people behave online. Like, cause I, I remember when I started producing content on TikTok mm. and I remember, like, the first day I was like, oh my God, people are so mean. Yeah. And then by the, by the end of the week, I was like... <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah, I know I've got curly hair. It's yeah. good. Yeah. Like, what what do you want me to do about it? I'm not shaving it off again. Like yeah, yeah I'm keeping it. And I guess, yeah, I guess yeah, the keyboard warriors. You gotta love that. them though. I, I keep some of them as pets. Yeah. I like them. It's like I keep you because I like you. I and love it's like, that. And you're just like, you know, you entertain me throughout my day. I screenshot the best one, send it. My favourite is like when it's like, Oh, I hope she sees this. So just like screenshot it, send it to random women. I know like they they want you to see that, apparently. Yeah. Like for some reason. Send it to my mum. <laughs> see what she says. I love that. But then also like what I, I don't think a lot of them realize is like the more engagement yeah. you get as a creator, like you're you're doing me a favor. Yeah. Even if you're commenting, hey, you're just boosting my profile. Like you're quote tweeting me into employment. Right. And like, I love it. I think <laughs> yeah. it's great. It's um it's doing well. Um obviously for a lot of our listeners are, are fairly young and I imagine quite a few of them are possibly possibly trans. What advice do you have to like young trans people at the moment? It's a tricky one because I wasn't a young trans person back. So I came out as gay when I was 13 and that was in <laughs> 2007, I think, 2006. Um, I'm nearly 29. Okay. Uh, young. Yeah. Well, I'm 23. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember at that time there was huge like movements to be like, you know, some people are gay get over it and it was almost like the controversial thing at that time was being gay yeah uh whereas now we've come on i guess in some ways and it, it's being trans i would say just st i was told when i was young that i couldn't know at that age that i was confused that i uh yeah i was just too young to know but i always knew who i was and even now when i look back at the age of 13 14 when i was in nursery um, and they were, you know, putting on the nativity. Okay. I got told I had to play the part of Joseph, right? And I hated that. I'm like, what, four, five at that yeah. age? And I cried and cried and cried because I wanted to play an angel and wear a dress like the rest of the girls. And I cried that much that a member of my family went down to the nursery and they were like, this child needs to <laughs> put on a dress. <laughs> You're telling me that that isn't a clear sign that like I knew who I was in my earliest development stages. So I guess to any younger trans person out there, I would say just hold tight. You know who you are. It really does get better. The real world, I promise, when you click off that phone, that tablet, and you enter the real world, I'm not talking about schools, I'm talking about real people. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. There is communities of people that are waiting for you to welcome you and love you and like where you are right now as a young trans person it might be different and weird and you might feel like the odd one out where I'm from the people I, I hang around with most of us are trans it's not my unique trait because most of my friends are trans girls or trans boys or trans people you know um hang in there it it will be okay. Don't listen to this government. They're so stupid. <laughs> um, it's a bit political. Yeah. yeah. I'll say it again. Yeah. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> um, that audition tactic of um, crying to get a part you want, bring your mum along, uh, bring your, one of your relatives along. Does, do you still do that now? What? Crying to what? When you want to get, um, if you're going for a part, 
Yeah. And you, this is the part that you really want. Oh, putting I on, see. Putting on a bit of emotion and getting a relative to know, like, she needs this. Babe, I wish that would work. <laughs> Imagine if I could just, like, cry to a casting director and be like, please. Casting directors are ruthless, though. I remember, yeah. like, going up in front of some of them when I was younger doing the um, uh, National Youth Theatre. Yeah. And, like, you can you feel like they're interested, but then you're, like, 14 years old and you're like, you, you, you're not picking me. No. I know that for a while. I've accepted that. Oh, my God. I've had more no's in my lifetime. Than what, what is, how do you deal with that, I guess, for as a, as a performer? Because that, that must be tough. It can be tough. I think it's just separating the art from yourself. Like, knowing that, like, okay, if the art or the work that I'm producing is trash, it doesn't mean I'm trash. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it does. Um, yeah, I think, and it's just been, like, so I graduated in what, like 2017? So I've not been at it for a lifetime. I'm not, no. you know, like an old hand in this game, really. Um, but yeah, it's it's just separating art from oneself. And I would say that to any creator as well. Anyone that's doing anything that requires someone to go, that's good. If you're not getting, that's good. Whether it be likes, a yes for an audition, whatever. It doesn't mean that you're a a piece of shit you're not like it just means that what you're doing it might not be quite there yet and just keep working at it I guess so um you mentioned that you did sort of political satire what kind of political satire were you doing I've played like Theresa May I've played Boris Johnson it was so news of you it's a musical comedy sketch show right I think this is back in like 2019. At that time, it was the world's longest running musical comedy sketch show. Oh, right. Okay. So think like Saturday Night Live meets Mock the Week meets like musical review jingles. Okay, right. Um, And basically it's like 60 minute comedy sketch show of like breakneck speed sketch scenes that are based on that week's news. And okay, so all right, that sounds really good then. It's yeah. really fun. And every week I would have to, when you're part of the cast, you have to write the show for the coming weekend. So it's like a new show every okay, week. Okay, right. Um, and it's all about like, you know, doing impressions and... Can we get that. a Theresa May impression? <laughs> <laughs> So when I was Theresa May, I used to, used to make her sound very kind of croaky like that. Can you do, um, what's it, to serving the country I love? Serving the country I love. <laughs> um, and was it Boris Johnson you did as well? I did a bit of Boris, yeah. No, oh, gonna, God, no. Because no. we had someone do it the other week, and they were, re- they were really good. I want to see whether it matches up. Let me think. Right, wait. Uh, oh, I can't, right, okay. Let me think of how he sounds. I'm pretty sure he sounded like that when he was um, delivering speeches about Ukraine. So, yeah, you know, you're yeah. Pretty, you're, tried to subtitle co- that one. <laughs> um, actually, what, one of the things we wanted you to do, seeing as you're in drag, um, yeah. is that we made up some photos of politicians in drag, oh, and we'd God. like you to name them. Right. Um, so we're starting off. We'll start off first with leader of the opposition, Keir yeah. Starmer. Here we go. What are we saying? Girl. Oh Let's show the camera, but we'll show on, we'll, we'll, you'll see it on the screen. Wow. Can I get a closer look? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, 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 okay. She has a strong jawline, that's doesn't what I, she? That's what I thought. I'm not one to talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's giving pink. It's giving, as in the colour pink, but also yeah. kind of giving pink as well. Yeah. Um, it's also giving a bit of Jake Shears. Um, Keir Starmer, Jake Shears. Okay, 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 okay. I'm just gonna give her standard drag name. Last name, Dupremesis. First name, Fake Hate. 
vacate the prem- vacate the premises. Yes. Okay. All right. That. But also, I feel like that kind of works because she's trying to get the people out of the yeah. house at the okay. moment in the parliament. <laughs> I'm very number good at ten. Politics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I rate that. Okay. I like that. Uh, next one is um, someone you just did an impression of, okay. Boris Johnson. Wow. Okay. Okay. I think um, that she looks like Grayson Perry. She's giving Grayson Perry. That's why. <laughs> she's rough. Okay, let's pick up Boris Johnson. Give me some things that Boris Johnson did. Um, well, there was Partygate, Ukraine, um, the Pincher scandal. Though I feel like that probably seems inappropriate to joke about. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, Partygate. Well, there's party lying, game. I suppose. There was all the lying. Oh, I know. Kerry Corona. Kerry Corona. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. We love um, her. Yeah. No. I love her. I think I'll rate that. I'm not joking about coronavirus. I just want to make that clear before anyone comes for me in the comments. I'm yeah. not joking. But I'm joking no. about how Boris dealt with coronavirus. As long as we're all on the same page. I'm sure. No. You know what? You'll, you'll be cancelled by the end of this session. Oh God, um, yeah, and then we're going to go across the pond to um, his truly. Mr. Donald Trump. Yep. What are we saying? I mean, I feel like there is a drag queen that exists, I think, called Donna Trump. Donna, really? Yeah. Does she exist? I think she I don't know. Uh, my, my, my drag knowledge is probably around 2017 RuPaul's Drag Race. And then like anything beyond that, I'm like, yeah. you lost me. I don't know. There's more to the world than RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay, yeah. Let me, that... that <laughs> That if there's anything that anyone takes away from this episode, let it be that. Um, okay, Donna Trump. Um, um, mm, uh, what about... Mm, t- Something about a wall? T- mm. An insurrection? Uh, Jan the 6th? Ooh, what about uh, Erector Wall? Okay, all right, yeah. Erector Wall? Erector Wall, yeah. I'm going to go with yeah, that. Yeah, no. I, I, I see that. I see that. I can't think of anyone better, to be honest. Erector. So, erector. Miss Wall. Miss Wall. Miss yeah. Wall. Miss Erector Wall. Miss Erector. Yeah, perfect. I like her. I don't. You don't know. Also, I just want to say that I don't think any of these politicians should ever like that. Then they're not worthy enough to do drag. How how is how, what makes someone worthy to do drag? Someone that's like um, creative, uh, intelligent. Um, Drag queens are usually the people that are at the forefront of arguments being like, this is what we need to better our society. And it's like you'll see in any like pride protest, anything else, the people that are at the front are always like the trans people and the drag queens. And then this one seems most fitting. Uh, Mr. Man is a man, woman is a woman. Uh, Mr. Five foot seven. I keep bringing up his height. I'm taller than the prime minister. No wonder he hates trans people. Rishi Sunak, what are we saying? Let me see. Scroll through. Oh, wow. Okay, there's a few looks here. Jesus Christ. Do you know, I'm really sorry to say this, but um, it's kind of giving like legally blonde in that. <laughs> so sorry, Reese Witherspoon. I'm sure. Also, kind of looks like Anne Hathaway. Okay. R- really? Yeah. Well, really? How? I dreamed a dream. Okay. Um, right, okay. I'm going to call her Paula de Ladder Up. Paul. The- Paula de ladder up. Okay, I get it. Do we get it? <laughs> I get She's it. She's pulling the ladder up. I hope the audience. I hope the audience like that one because I certainly do. Paula de ladder up. Paula the ladder up. That's okay. her, definitely. I love it. It's beautiful. I remember thinking he was one of the people who were involved in like the Tories. That I was like, he's not 
the villain right now. Like, I remember some of the things he was doing, I was like, it's not, like, hellish, like, what he's doing. Yeah. And I think somewhere along the line, he's just, like, got worse and worse and worse. And I'm like, do you actually believe what you're saying? This is the thing thing with a lot of them. And I I find myself questioning that as well. I think for someone like Suella Brabham, for example, I don't... I, I mean, does she believe the things that she's talking about? I think deep down, probably yes. Mm. And I think part of it is also knowing who sort of the Conservative Party voter base is, for example. Mm. Um, I, I've spoken about this in videos. We're talking about, particularly with the party membership, for example, they are predominantly older blokes, extremely right-wing, yeah. predominantly white, yeah. who want to say the type of things that Suella Braverman says, but knows that their complexion provides a bit of a barrier. Mm. And basically... Suella uh, is seen to be able to say those things and so she can say them and basically reinforce their view of the world and then someday that they will reward her with the Conservative Party leadership. But then like I just if we look at just sort of political history I can't think of one political leader dictator anyone who's ever like taken a minority group and oppressed them more who historically then afterwards we've gone work you really did that there yeah like it never goes down well in history so if you're going to be a person that's going to be on these platforms and be potentially leading countries and all of a sudden you're like bright idea why don't we just oppress this really small group of people even more you're going to be hated yeah. in like 10, 20 years. Like you're n- and that will be the thing that you're going to be remembered for. Rishi Sunak, now, he's going to be remembered as the guy that started to call out trans people. That's going to be on his name forever. Yeah. He's got to live with that. What's uh, Liz Truss's legacy? Who? <laughs> <laughs> but, what? Yeah, no, don't worry. I was like that as well. Yeah, yeah no, no. That was a joke. Yeah. That was a rich yeah. joke. What I did there. That <laughs> no. was comedy. Acting, yeah. comedy, yeah. <laughs> How what is it like in the comedy scene at the moment? Because I feel like with comedy, it's kind of going through a weird period where there's like a lot of emphasis on like edgy, dark comedy to the point where it's like that was shit. Like Jimmy Carr, for example. Yeah. I feel like he prefaces a lot of his sections like these are really dark, edgy jokes, and yeah. they're like, no, nah, they're just shit, Jimmy. Like they're just not funny. So right, here's my thing. I could talk about this for a long time. No, please do. Anyone who Comedy, yeah. right? Yeah. Anyone who thinks that making jokes about race, um, punching down at someone's race, gender, sexual orientation, uh, ability, disability, anything like that. If you're making jokes like that in 2023 and you think that that's original and cutting edge and funny, it just isn't. It just isn't. Uh, not even it, one it's offensive but also it's tired it's so boring and so dull like make something fresh make something innovative i see so many comedians nowadays usually women um who are making fantastic comedy and it's just not that like think outside the box there was a comedian that did this whole bit i can't is it james acaster yes yeah and he's got this him. whole bit that's like know what we can do why don't we focus on bullying the trans people yeah. hilarious yeah like it's you comedy can be funny without being deeply offensive but why why do you think that 
that is an avenue that people go down? Is it because there's always going to be a market for it and it's a good way of building up a profile? I think it's a load of things. Like comedy usually is just like, um, I think traditionally I've been like making fun of something that people have seen as like ugly or wrong or like whatever, or like saying something that's like out there. Um, but yeah, I, I do also think that people now were in this really scary place where like if I wanted to get a load of views online, if I really wanted to like just launch myself into a spotlight, all, all I would have to do is just say something absolutely vile, disgusting and offend a load of people. And that would transport me into views. Yeah, GB News segment. I heard they're looking for people after they got rid of Lawrence Fox. So, wow. yeah, you know, Dan Wooten as and well. Actually, or Martin Branning as he's... I believe known as well. Um, wow. So, but that, like Lawrence Fox is a great example of that, and you can see how quickly like trolling online can become like addictive because you just say something vile, and all of a sudden you've just got like loads of people giving you attention. It's scary. So, do you think that right wing comedy is possible? Because I feel like a lot of the like the no. So, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's elaborate how and why? that's how that and we're concluding the podcast <laughs> no um but what would that even mean well i mean this is what i've wondered because i feel like uh particularly say with like the bbc for example mm. they often get one of their big criticisms like a lot of their comedy shows are sort of left wing for example mm. have i got news for you often gets cited mm. uh is it the Nish report or the Mash report, something like that, mm-hmm. when when that was around? Mock the week, though, that was no longer a thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of the criticism is always, well, you know, these are left-wing sort of comedy shows. There's nothing like right-wing, for example. Yeah. Do you think that's just because of the way that, like, political comedy, for example, is set up? It's designed to cater to more a left-wing audience because of the certain issues that are being discussed? I don't think so. I don't think so. When I was involved in, like, political comedy, um, we really would try to make a point of not just poking fun at right-wing audiences because it just gets boring. If you're going to watch an hour of someone just like take the piss out of Tories consistently, it's just like, oh. What you've got to remember is like, how long have the Tories been in government now? Um, is it 13, 13 years? years, yeah. 13, I mean, comedy is like, if any, any comedian's trying to do something successfully, you want to punch up, not down. They're the people that are up right yeah. now. They're just in power. So, I mean, they're just taking the piss out of the people yeah. that are running the country. I'm I equally, I'm more than happy to uh, joke about like left-leaning things and, you know, stuff like that. Like, I, I think it's all... What's something that around. you find really funny about the left? Like, just one thing. Where or, are they right where, now? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where is the, the, the Labour Party aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing? Well, yeah, I mean, they're currently, well, if you look at the situation with Israel and Palestine, they're mm. currently siding with uh, sort of the, I'll call it what it is, a genocide of, of Palestinians. Yeah, um, but like, that just, I mean, if you look at like the trans issues and everything that's been going on, they're supposed to be the opposition. I feel like Keir Starmer is just trying to kind of make the, uh, left party more centrist but by doing so he's becoming like kind of my opinion like center right and then the tory party are just becoming like far right and so everything is just tilting the overton window sort of shifting yeah more yeah, to the right yeah. i made a sort of with hs2 for example it's like you know keir starmer wouldn't get a bag of chips for the office uh and the fears that like he'd get called um, fiscally unresponsible or something like that it's just like oh i've had enough <laughs> Fizz, thank you so much for coming on. I've That's really enjoyed right. it. Um, is there anything that you'd like to promote? Yes, actually. 
Um, you can follow me on my Instagram at Fizz Sinclair. You can follow me on my TikTok, which is also at Fizz Sinclair. Um, and that is everything. Thank you. I don't actually have anything. Well, Ooh. I've been commissioned to write something. Oh, yeah. In what? Um, it will be a show. It's going to potentially come out in 2024. And it's going to be musical. It's going to be drag. It's going to be a cast of at least five people. Watch this space. Sounds yeah. really interesting. Yeah. I look forward to seeing it. Me too. I think I, hope I, be the, I better be there on the press night. That's all I'm saying. I love me a press night now. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, guys. I really enjoyed it. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see you for the next episode. Thank you.